Uh-huh, exactly. Today is Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Hey, little REM reference there. Well done, super nerd. Well, I mean, things are coming to a head pretty quickly in, in, in Ukraine. And um, to the rescue, somebody who's wear, who wears white for a living these days has decided, I'm going to consecrate Fatima, not Fatima, he's going to consecrate uh, Russia and Ukraine. But it's not who was supposed to lead the, the consecration, and it's not all the bishops in, un, in union at the same time either, is it? Uh, no, I smell... I, I, I hate to be a pessimist, but, I mean, come on. I smell a rat, just a, a festering, stinking rat here. Um, obviously, Bergoglio is not the Pope, so count number one criteria number one what are the three criteria of this consecration um our lady of fatima asked that russia be consecrated by the pope in union with all of the bishops of the world to her immaculate heart okay so problem number one bergoglio isn't the pope which is you know kind of my life's work for the last six years now and um i hate to hate to be a broken record but it it just goes to show why this is really really important it matters who the vicar of christ on earth is and here's yet another example of why this matters so bergoglio does it um, Bergoglio's not the Pope. Now, here's here's a sub uh, subcategory underneath this. What if Pope Benedict is brought out in a wheelchair and is there physically present? I personally think, if I had to speculate and I had to lay money on it right now, I would say that if Pope Benedict were there physically present at this event, that that would count. I think that I think that would be legit. I think it's it 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 but, doesn't. But still, wouldn't you have to have all the bishops in the world co- exactly uh, doing now, the co-consecration at the same time? Right. Um, so, but at this point, interestingly, watching all of this Russia-Ukraine crap go on, all of the bad people in the world and in the church are are just unanimous on this whole thing of backing Ukraine, backing Ukraine. So given that almost all of the bishops in the world at this point are are bad to mediocre at best, um, I, I think that there would be tremendous enthusiasm from them to do this, this thing. Um, and, you know, t- talk about when people fall into air, they get to the point where they can't even hit the broadside of the barn. So sure, they would be they would be gunning to have this thing done by an anti-pope. So it's conceivably possible that you could have all or almost all of the bishops in the world um, co- cooperating in, in this thing. I can see that happening. Um, but it's it's all kind of wrapped around whether or not Pope Benedict is physically there present. Now, here's here's a little interesting tidbit from Italy just today. 
they are now pushing super duper duper hard clearly orders came down from on high um that uh italy and and also germany and the rest of europe they are now supposed to be um pushing the fact that oh the cases are skyrocketing so i think what i saw was in italy today in the past 24 hours yesterday the number of so-called positive cases of the coof was like 25,000 and then today 24 hours later it was 85,000 and so you know they're they're going to push this and this is clearly propaganda orders coming down from on high start saying that these case numbers are going through the roof don't be surprised don't be surprised if the announcement is made within the next week that pope benedict is stricken with covid and um there therefore sadly will not be able to physically attend this event on the 25th but but he is united he is united in prayer or so, or something to that effect satan does not want the consecration to happen i mean, I mean that that's just that's obvious that's a given well he certainly okay, doesn't so want a valid one he does he doesn't want a valid one to happen exactly so that gets us to the question of okay anti-pope bergoglio does this thing probably is going to mangle and pervert the intention the intention somehow guys that's worse than doing nothing at all because then that becomes aping it that becomes aping of the consecration um some sort of of demonic perversion twisting inversion and just the fact that that this this anti-pope who i believe is probably the false prophet forerunner of the antichrist is doing it guys do we not see a big problem here um and i think and i put this on the on the post i made on the blog just not too long ago um a few hours ago that if that's how it it breaks down that i wouldn't be surprised to see nuclear war come out of it because you know that it would be the opposite of what the true consecration would do um and i think what this is doing is this is probably one of satan's last pushes to get people who are skeptical as to the validity of uh of bergoglio's putative papacy to say well i i guess he was i guess it turns out he was the but he is the pope after all he did he did the consecration he did the consecration and then when when all hell breaks loose it will be yet another scandal to people and another vector for people to lose their faith they'll say well fatima was a lie it's all been a lie the whole thing's been a lie and there there are people there are trad catholics who are apostatizing who are literally turning on god and raging at god as predicted as predicted if you hold the false base premise that jorge bergoglio is or ever has been the pope you are going to lose your faith go nuts or both and what would be a bigger shock to the faith having this consecration happen and then uh all violence all hell breaks loose uh or having a an apparent immediate peace and even some token conversions and some mm -hmm. calls for reunification with rome from the russian orthodox church and then all hell breaks loose oh i, mean, I which, think which i think would, would be, be worse? that yeah the, the second one the second one and i think the second one is what it will be oh, there geez. will be this yeah the, 
there will be this 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 uh people will be tricked remember what our lord said in the gospels that this stuff is going to happen and if the days were not shortened even the elect would be deceived even the elect would be deceived i think that's exactly what this gambit is um I, I I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. We'll know on the 25th. And the, the big tell is going to be, is Pope Benedict there or not? If Pope Benedict is there, we're going to have we're going to have one conversation because even if he's if Pope Benedict is physically there present, but the intention is completely perverted and warped, then it's not going to be valid. It's not going to be valid. Um, I'm still surprised but, they did it on March 25th. April 1st seems to make more sense. Well, <laughs> well said. But as you recall, and um, I got a message from Nonveni Mark uh, not too long ago. He said, "Remember, Bergoglio hates the Blessed Mother. Bergoglio hates the Blessed Mother. His hatred of the Blessed Mother is second only to Lucifer's. He has done everything he can to insult her. He's he drops all these documents, these these satanic documents on Marian feasts." Remember in uh, what year was it? Was it 2000? What would that have been? 15, 15, that light show on the facade, that Luciferian light show on the facade of St. Peter's Basilica on the feast of the um, Immaculate Conception in December. Um, excuse me. It was, it was, there was no observance of the Immaculate Conception, but there was this Luciferian light show, and that was Bergoglio's doing. He, he despises the Blessed Mother, he despises her virginity, he despises her purity, um, and, you know, obviously, as, as a minion of Lucifer, Bergoglio is going to hate the Blessed Mother because, of course, Lucifer hates her because Lucifer wanted to essentially have her role. Lucifer wanted to be the vector by which the second person of the triune Godhead incarnated and entered into the physical universe. Lucifer thought that he should be, that he should be incarnated as a woman and that he would then be the vector through which um, the second person of the triune Godhead incarnated. And when he saw you know, this is, and this is all before the creation of the universe, when he saw and all of the angels were given that information of how things were going to play out, and he saw that the little Jewish girl, because of her humility, was going to, was going to, uh, in a, quote unquote, in his mind, usurp his role, and that she, in fact, would then be in the economy of salvation and grace, that she would be above him, that she would be the queen of heaven, that she would be the queen of angels. That's, that is what drove Lucifer to say non servium, that, that he would not serve. And he took a third of the angels with him because remember, the biggest intellects make the biggest mistakes. Um, and Lucifer's intellect is, I mean, it's, it's massive. It, it, it was created as massive, but it's now so completely warped that functionally he's pretty dumb. I mean, you know, human beings have been able to basically see around and figure out his maneuverings pretty easily throughout history. Now, a lot of people are tricked, of course, but some there's always people who are not tricked by him. And um, so, 
that's we're living through it and again what a time to be alive i can't say this enough you know people are a lot of people get down in despair and i just i have to remind all the listenership the great saints of the church begged god begged him that they could be alive in these times that we are living through right now so praise the lord Whew. Well, I don't know if it's exactly right now or if it's going to be even closer to the end. I think I've been bombarding you with quotations from a book I've been reading recently. Mm-hmm. It's the um, it's Catholic prophecies regarding the upcoming chastisement. Show and notes. Is, Show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me write this down. Yep. <laughs> Although it's, it one. might be hard to find that. Um, hold on. Catholic prophecy. Well, the the listenership is pretty uh, pretty industrious, so that if it's findable online, they'll find it. Actually, I think you said you found a, a reference to it on um, archive.org, because when I sent you a, a link to the book, you shot me back a link to your uh, yes. to your yeah. blog. You know, it, yep. it's kind of like, don't you read my blog? Not always, no. Well, but, yeah. but, <laughs> but 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 uh, no, yes. it was, you had a link to to the book there from your blog post. So, um, yep. Oh, oh, the the point being is that there there's going to be um, the the phase where basically communism wins globally, mm-hmm. and just at they're as they're about to make the absolute final end of end of discussion, there's nobody left to fight us. That's when the the rise of the great monarch happens, and even though he will be absolutely outnumbered by by everything, he's going to first stop the Muslims, um, and it's supposed to be someplace around Westphalia uh, where this is supposed to happen. Mm. And don't don't take this by as as gospel truth until after it happens, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, then there will be the global battle and 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 he, the I, I don't I don't remember exactly how the the Russians play into this and the communists, but I did find it interesting that that the the mention of Prussia keeps coming up over and over, and they are mm-hmm. in league with Russia, so Prussia and Russia will be combined. The great monarch is going to overthrow all of them, and the final battle will be in Jerusalem, where he finally conquers um, uh, Islam. They convert. Russia converts, China converts, uh, literally we'll have global Catholicism. Um, the great Holy Pope will, will also be at that, at, at that point, he will restore previous discipline that had been thrown away. <clears throat> Look around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most amazing part of all these prophecies, and certainly this, this rhymes with old Testament prophecies, you know, how many times did the, the, the nation of Israel have things restored they forget that God yep. is you know, actually demands things of them. They fall into laxity, and then they end up getting hauled away into captivity or having some yep. kind of chastisement. And sometimes within one lifetime, this cycle oh, yeah. happens one and a half times. Yeah. And so the most amazing thing to me is we're going to be at a period where we will have global Catholicism. There literally won't be anyone else. I don't know how this works in in, in the current or in the Holy Land, but within forty to ninety years, Antichrist shows up. Mm-hmm. And it will be, he will globally rule everything, and that will be the greatest chastisement of all time, and where the greatest saints will be too. I mean, just it's it said that that even just being li- living a normal Catholic life right now uh, is is more heroic than some of the more heroic things that the saints did in the Middle Ages because they didn't have the whole world against them. Yeah, quite the opposite. If if somebody caused trouble for Saint Vincent Ferrer simply because he was a Dominican and a Catholic, he'd have been thrown in jail. That was mm-hmm. Spain for crying out loud. Yeah. So here you get a medal for it. Yep, indeed. So, um, yeah, I mean this this might not be the big big show. This is the the phase before the big show. Dress rehearsal. Whatever, dress rehearsal. What whatever it is, you need to stay confessed because, as we all know, 
all of the Protestant rapture garbage that, you know, oh, the, God is going to sweep, sweep all the people, all the good people away and the bad people will be left behind and all of this garbage that is 100% Luciferian designed to get people to lose their faith when these chastisements start. I mean, wh where, where are these um, LaHaye Protestants right now? Are, are they all looking around after, you know, you've been through two years of this corona totalitarianism, um, and that's not over either. That's not over by a long shot. Um, you're, you're staring down the barrel of global thermonuclear war, and they're all sitting around. Are, are these people actually still sitting around talking about, you know, being raptured away and all this? What happens when it is war? And what happens when people are being murdered and killed and raped and pillaged guys it says and our lord warns us over and over again look when these things happen it's gonna it's gonna sweep the good the good along with the bad okay it's it's gonna be a mixed bag and it's gonna be a mixed bag until the very 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 end so if you're falling into this trap right now of shaking your fist at God because, you know, things aren't going just swimmingly as they were in, you know, in your life in, oh, what's a, what's a good phase, like 1986, um, you know, I mean, how, how shallow can, can you possibly be? And it's, it's all right there in scripture, in the Holy Gospels, and in prophecy. I mean, and I mean prophecy like approved, approved post, uh, prophecy, M mother of God coming and talking and the church saying, yes, that actually happened. You don't, you're not, you're not morally obliged to believe in, in Fatima or, or, or Lourdes or something like that. But the church has said, we are going to, we endorse this. We absolutely endorse this. So, yeah, you Even know. for the church-approved prophecies, nothing is revealed that is essential for salvation. Mm -hmm. And so that that's something definitely to keep in mind, especially as uh, prophecies keep getting tossed around, uh, Mejigori, Bayside, probably Garibandal. You should ignore all of those. Mm -hmm. um, even if there are some good things said at, at some of those places, keep in mind that un until it is, you know, approved by first the local bishop and then by by uh, Rome, you there's no need to even look right. at this at, at all. There's nothing new that has been added to the deposit of faith. Right. And it's talking talk about Fatima, and officially nobody knows what the third secret is or nobody has published it, but Our Lady has made several other apparitions that have been approved by the church and approved by Rome, mm. one of those being Akita. Akita, and, yeah. And uh, somebody who has definitely read the third secret uh, he still went by the name Joseph Ratzinger at the time, was asked about Akita and if it had any anything to do with, with uh, the third secret of Fatima. And he said, it is the third secret of Fatima, it basically. Is. Yeah, exactly. So the, yeah. my point being is that if you don't get too hooked on one particular um, prophecy, the, the one of the things that really struck me in reading through this, this uh, end times prophecy uh, or Catholic prophecies of, of the coming chastisement is that the same prophecy was given over and over and over through from multiple seers over multiple centuries. So if you come across a, mm -hmm. a, a private revelation that you've never heard what's being said anywhere else except this one private revelation, that's a giant right. red flag by itself. 
Exactly. That's above and beyond the obvious red flag that the local bishop didn't approve it or Rome hasn't approved it. Or in the case of Medjugorje, Rome has, I think, actually put the hammer down on it saying, no, this is not real. Or there's definitely no supernatural activity going on. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That one's obvious. That one's obvious. But and again, another just little warning to listenership there. You know, I'm sorry, but some some random postmenopausal woman um, in in the middle of Italy somewhere, or or it could be it could be anywhere, who starts who starts claiming that that Jesus and the Blessed Virgin and Saint Michael the Archangel come and just start talking to her and talk 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 and and recap current events and da 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 da. I mean, seriously, you, you've got to use your common sense there and ask yourself, does, does this really pass the smell test? And the answer is no, it clearly doesn't, okay? There are, there's one category that I like to call pious liars. They, they think that they're doing good by making this crap up. And, um, you know, I, they, don't, they don't have evil intent, but they're lying. At the end of the day, they're lying. They're making this up. The other thing to remember is just think about what you would do. What would you do if you had some sort of a vision or locution? If you were hearing voices or seeing, you know, manifestations of supernatural, of, of our Lord or of the Blessed Virgin or of St. Michael the Archangel, what what would you do what would your reaction to that be as a normal sane human being and the answer is consistent when you look back at the legitimate uh people who have been visionaries the first reaction is that you are scared to death i was going to say go to confession as fast as possible oh you 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 go straight to your confessor and you explain what has happened how about for us right now in the 2022 with all the medical technology and all the stuff we had what if that happened to me what what if i started hearing voices or seeing you know manifestations i would suspect that either i had a brain tumor or that it was demonic and i would be sprinting to the confessional and simultaneously making an appointment with a neurologist immediately immediately i would not be going on the internet and saying oh it, just casually oh oh everybody jesus has started talking to me I'm, are, are you kidding are you kidding and if you look at the at the at the people who have had these these theophanies these divine manifestations um and in, or in the case of apparitions of the blessed virgin they they basically are so scared that they have to be told and given you know con confer, confirmatory oh, i'm i'm having trouble forming that word con, signs of confirmation given to them usually through their confessor um that they are supposed to talk about it because they're so terrified they don't want to say anything and they have to be they have to be ordered to talk about it 
Okay, so if you've got a postmenopausal woman who's ignored by her husband and suddenly comes out and starts claiming that that Christ Almighty is showing up and and chit-chatting with her about current events twice a week, we need to be a little bit skeptical about this, okay? Um, And keep in mind also uh, that there have been very good exorcists who have been physically and spiritually ruined by deviating from the the ritual for exorcism. And this is where you know you're talking to a demon. If you have questions about your, obviously, if you start seeing any kind of manifestations that that could or may be from heaven, yeah, get to confession right away. Mm-hmm. Talk to your spiritual advisor or a spiritual counselor, priest. Um, I don't know why I'm biffing on your the word confessor. there. Your confessor. That's confessor. what I meant, your confessor. Yeah. And and um, keep in mind, don't, don't talk until you've been given a green light to do this because if, if you are talking with, with one of the, the fallen angels, mm-hmm. they can appear as angels of the light. They can oh, even yeah. appear as Mary above the feet. But but um, they they are extremely subtle. And, and if you start engaging in a conversation with them, you're lost about three seconds in. Yep. Yep. They are massive intellects and they are master tacticians and chess players and they will they will tie you in knots. So you have to be obedient and you have to have your head about you. And, you know, admittedly, this this is probably not going to come into play with the vast, 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 vast majority of people. However, um, what what the listenership all of us do encounter is we do encounter people who are saying that they're having these visions and they're hearing these things. And uh, boy, I, I cannot I cannot emphasize caution enough with that. It just uh, it's no good. And of course, it doesn't make it any easier to, to realize that I, I think and maybe I'm completely wrong on this point. I think the the actual legitimate manifestations will increase as we get closer to the end, end times. Mm hmm because we're going to need that kind of a reinforcement, but just yeah. know, know the rules Coaching. on how this works. Yeah. Um, know, our lady will rules. not be upset if, if out of spiritual concern, you say, I can't talk to you. I need to talk to a priest first. Yeah. She's yep. probably going to be saying right on. That's, that's what you should be doing. That's what you should it's, be doing. Yeah. It, it would be the other spirit who'd be saying, no, 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 it's all good. You don't need to talk to a priest. Talk to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll make, and I'm sure a demon would make very convincing arguments that, oh, you, you can't talk to any of those priests. They're all heretics. You can't talk to them. And, you know, in the Novus Ordo Church, that, that, sounds, that sounds extremely convincing. Um, the, the demons are going to take advantage of all of that. They're going to try to get, they're, they're just going to try to trick people. Um, so you, you have to be super duper duper careful. And I love the point that you made a few minutes ago when you said there's nothing in any of these, um, even the real ones of any of these, um, apparitions and, and communications from heaven. There's nothing in any of them that is necessary for salvation. There's nothing new new there in terms of what you need in order to be saved. So you can, you, you absolutely can make the executive decision to be quote unquote agnostic, even about something like Fatima, and just say, I am going to be a good Catholic. I am going to follow, you know, the teachings of the church and I am going to do what I need to do to to be assured of of my salvation 
and you you don't need it because we're not a gnostic cult there's nothing new the, the age of divine revelation is closed and there's nothing new that you need to know in order to be saved everything's out there the entire data set is out there now things like fatima these are these are extraordinarily helpful i think coaching points um, designed to, I think what their primary purpose is, is to keep people from being scandalized when these things do come to pass so that we can all sit here and we can say, okay, all right, apostasy at the top, anti-pope, dot, da, 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 da. And, and you're not, you're not losing your mind and you're not losing your faith. And there's no violations of the laws of non-contradiction or anything like that. Everything is cohesive and everything makes sense. But is it, is it absolutely necessary? Do you absolutely need Fatima as some sort of a key, an essential key in order to open that lock of salvation? The answer is actually no, it is not. Um, and I know that's probably, there's probably gonna be people listening who that makes their heads explode. But I mean, we all, super nerd I, we, all of us, we're, we're all on board with Fatima, but it's not necessary for salvation. You can be agnostic about it and just keep plowing forward and being a good Catholic. The most important thing is, is, is don't be scandalized. And the fact of the matter is, I think there's enough, there's enough in scripture um, to, to explain what's happening sufficient that you don't need to be scandalized at all by all of this. I mean, the, we've been warned about, you know, there's there's the passage in one of St. Paul's letters. It says, e even if an angel of the Lord himself comes to you and teaches you something that's different, ignore him, ignore him. I mean, that's that's very clear. The, the Good Shepherd discourse about ravening wolves and faithless hirelings, the warnings are all there and they've been there all along. And if your head does explode with the idea of saying, be agnostic about uh, the message of Fatima, then just think about why you would be having that reaction. What is it that was said at Fatima that is so important that, that uh, has never been said before that we mm -hmm. need to know about? Right. Um, stop sinning, pray for sinners, pray the rosary, mm -hmm. offer up sacrifices. I'm pretty sure that's been said before 1917. Yeah. And, and whether or not con uh, Russia is consecrated to the Immaculate Heart, does not, that does not have any bearing on whether or not you're going to make it through your particular judgment. You know, if no, it, no more so than the French people uh, lost the ability to save their souls because France wasn't consecrated to the Sacred Heart. Exactly. Exactly. So just, just remember that. You've, that's, that's the thing about these times is in a certain sense, we're all kind of walking down a knife's edge and you can fall off to the right, to the left, you can fall off on either side. And what we all have to do, and um, I'm so glad that we posted, uh, I think it was the last episode when we posted the prayer about activating the gifts of your confirmation and all that. And the poor sacrament of confirmation is is so very much forgotten in the world today. And well, it's that was so one important. of the quotes I sent you that really opened your eyes. That, Which one? Th that was one of the quotes about about confirmation. That um, I, I don't remember if this was before or after the the rise of the great pope or the holy pope, I should say. But uh, that at at the point oh, in time, yeah. how will people fall away when they had had the faith? And I think this is actually going to be um, after the holy pope and 
before the, uh, the, the, the Antichrist takes over, how is it that, that these people, after we had this universal Catholicism, the period of peace, yep. um, uh, Satan's been blinded and, and cannot fight back against the church. How is everyone going to fall? And, and the prophecy is that the sacrament of confirmation will be neglected because mm-hmm. people don't think it's needed. Mm-hmm. Man, how could you not think it was needed? I mean, no matter what. How, you look at the list of those gifts and say, nah, I don't need that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, but, I mean, that's, yeah. that'd be, that's a pretty bold statement to say is that yeah. any, any sacrament that is out there is not needed. Yeah. Uh, Christ didn't just give us options here. I mean, most of us either will get married or go into the religious life as men to, be, uh, to become priests. But actually, they're not all going to be ordained priests. Uh, holy order is, is necessary. It's not mandatory um Mm -hmm. marriage is necessary it's not mandatory but it is necessary and and Mm -hmm. can can you save your soul without being confirmed yeah but is it necessary (laughs) it's not like christ threw it in there just because he needed a seven yeah i mean it's not like it's not necessary in the way baptism is necessary um and also eucharist our lord is pretty clear in in uh john six that you must eat my flesh and you must drink my blood. Um, so we'll call baptism and um, and Eucharist as as necessary. But you know, I mean, if if um, if either matrimony or holy orders or religious life were were mandatory, then you know, I'd be out. I'd be out. So that that kind of tells you right there what the economy in all of this is. So indeed, but boy, confirmation. Why, why would you not at this point? <laughs> how, why and how could you not? And it's, it's really important that it be done. And that if you're an adult and you haven't been confirmed, you need to be contacting somebody toot sweet and getting, getting all over that. And there's a lot of adults who haven't been confirmed, lots and lots. And, and in, in fact, reverts, reverts because they tend to have, they didn't do it as when they were kids and then they just, you know, quit going, whatever. And then they revert and they're just kind of like, well, I don't know. I get, people would say things like, I, I guess I'm too old for that. That's for kids. That's for teenagers or whatever. Uh, 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 you, <laughs> you go get that done if you haven't had it. And if the if the the priest you talk to about uh, getting uh, confirmed at at an older age um, has that attitude of you don't need it and you just kind of blows you off, go find a better priest. That's right, absolutely. That's a no brainer. I mean, and it's it reminds me of you know our Lord's uh, words in the gospel about you know the persistence and just keep knocking and just keep asking. Um, if if some if some heretic priest blows you off then that's just a very clear sign that you need to uh (laughs) you need to spend as much money on gas as as is necessary and drive as far as you need to drive in order to find a priest who will do it well there's that option but also just be persistent there's also there was the story in in, um uh, that christ tells about the the woman who just keeps pestering and badgering the judge Mm -hmm. to to take care of some case and he finally does it just to be be rid of her yeah um that might work too. Your mileage may vary. Um, <laughs> mileage may be the, the the operative word there because you may be driving a while to, to find a, a better priest. I want to go back to one point really quick about uh, apparitions and if something starts starts uh, happening that seems to be supernatural. Uh, follow the example of Juan Diego. Uh, it was not the first time that Our Lady appeared that he 
He uh, finally talked to her. In fact, he noticed what looked like a vision and avoided her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he actually, she actually glided across terrain that you can't really traverse e- easily, much less quickly, before stopping in this path and says, "What?" and asks, "Why are you avoiding me?" <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> and and uh, I, I need to go take care of my sick mother or what, the cousin, whatever it was. And and um, our, our lady gave gave him a. I, th- I think at that point there was a, a cure given as well. But but finally, he, the point is that he had enough sense of the faith that. <laughs> If mm-hmm. something is showing up, you probably shouldn't talk to it. And if it really is from heaven, heaven, and, and it's really important, heaven will go out of the way to make sure that that all all of the all all of the the, the proper uh, skids are greased, even to the point of of talking to the bishop who you think is going to completely ignore you and who throws down a a demand that's completely impossible. Give me give me Castilian roses that only bloom in one part of the world and it ain't here, and during one part of the year and it ain't that time of the year. Mm-hmm. And he shows up a few days later with a big bundle of them. He's like, uh, I get the message now. And yes, okay, we're on, we're on here. So. Yeah, it's not if if it's a genuine apparition from heaven you're you're not gonna you're not gonna miss you're not gonna miss it you know i mean it's 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 going to happen um so the 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 ones you have to worry about are the are the apparitions from hell and yeah i agree with you super nerd i think that all is going to pick up considerably i mean the world the world is so luciferian and so satanic as it is and there's already so many manifestations um I'm I'm convinced, and I've been convinced for quite a while that the North American continent has lost its its um, consecratory protection that it had uh, with by virtue of just the the slaughter of so many children and of all of the sodomy. And I suppose you could probably make the same argument for Europe and and the rest of and the rest of the world. I mean, where where is abortion and sodomy at this point? not been just completely installed largely by the government and the culture surrounding the United States. I mean, we are we are the purveyors of all of that. And again, I, I think there's still a lot of people who don't understand that we've got it coming. We've got it coming bad. And it never occurs to anybody, this is another thing, with regards to Ukraine, it never occurs to anybody to even ask the question, um, does Ukraine maybe have this coming? Is is Putin um, a scourge against the people of Ukraine in exactly the same way that that Islam has been used as a scourge against, for example, the people of Europe and so forth? Why do I say that? Um, Ukraine is one of the most criminal uh, nations on earth. Corrupt. It is the locus. It is one of the primary global locuses of money laundering, of cyber crime. It is wildly pro sodomy, as we saw from you know Zelensky is. He's married, but you you saw I posted the video of things that he's done that are sodomitical, and um, um, obviously one thousand percent on the pro sodomy bandwagon. The other thing to remember is that more more children in Ukraine are murdered before they are born than are born. If you're a child in Ukraine and you're born, you've beaten the odds. Um, do we honestly think that there's not there's that there's not any consequences to any of these things? Nobody is asking any of these questions. Nobody's bringing it up. It's just oh, these poor poor people. 
at this point, you really can't say, oh, these poor, poor people about anyone on earth because human culture has so degraded. It's so bad that everywhere you look, you're, you can you can make a very solid argument that whatever whatever bad things are befalling people at this point, well, they've got it coming. And, you know, at the top of that list is the former United States of America, who, like I said, are the global pushers of Freemasonry, of abortion, of sodomy, of of the corona scam, of all of this crap. It's, it sounds like it, the errors of Russia. Uh-huh. Exactly. And we've got it coming. And the fact that nobody's talking about this and nobody's talking about repentance or anything like that, it's very, very, very telling. And speaking of Ukraine, there was something we briefly talked about on the last podcast. I did not put it in the show notes because I had heard something that there, there was in question. And that was the bio labs or the bioweapons la or mm -hmm. the, the biological mm -hmm. labs that were dual purpose research and, and bioweapons and that uh, the Russians had seized those and, and taken control of them. Well, now Vicki Newland, of all people, is saying, yeah, yep. they, they definitely took it, took care, took them. And I hope they treat it correctly so that nothing dangerous gets released. Wink, wink. Um, if you don't know, Vicki Newland was probably one of the top players right up there with, with Biden and uh, Barack Obama himself in executing the Orange Revolution and overthrowing, mm -hmm. uh, was it Yushchenko? The, the, yes. the legitimately elected president of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yes, he, he aligned with Russia, but they can do whatever they want. It's their, their country. Now, we went in there, we took him out and, and um, organized an overthrow. I don't think the, um, the definitely the, the Russian... The culturally Russian and the Russian-speaking parts of Ukraine—they didn't—they didn't forget that, and they're not going to forget that. So when it well, they couldn't forget it because because the uh, government that was installed in 2014 has been bombing them for the past eight years. Something that you never hear about. The the those eastern provinces that are basically all Russian, and uh, you know the fact that the that the Russians were. Um, were basically transferred there during the early days of the Soviet Union, some of them perhaps before, but in the early days of the Soviet Union. But those families, those Russian families, have been there for generations now. Those areas are completely Russian. The Since 2014, those regions of Ukraine have been under constant bombardment with, with bombs, with shelling and artillery. For the past eight years, isn't it interesting how you don't ever hear a word about that? Um, more than ten thousand people. I, I want the number I saw. I think was 16,500 16, have been killed in the past eight years from this nonstop bombardment by Kiev, basically, of these eastern Ukrainian provinces that are almost entirely Russian at this point nobody's talking about this. Why, why was that? Why is everybody turning a blind eye to that? And then when, you know, Putin reacts to this basically reverse engineered Cuban missile crisis um, and gets baited into this, and I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure about whether or not this is all 
a huge, massive thing that Putin is himself in on. You remember Putin was Putin was uh, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum. Oh, they ceremoniously threw him out. But the fact that all of this is driving directly into um, the the elimination of the petrodollar, the establishment of the petro yuan. Um, the uh, control, the ability to seize and control all all money and all finances, um, the ability to cancel people's finances and seize their assets um, if they don't show sufficient deference to the new world order agenda. If you if you're a Russian and you have assets and you don't protest Putin su with sufficient strength and aggressively enough they're they're just stealing your property now am, am i any fan of the russian oligarch billionaire class no i'm sure not not even a little bit scum of the earth as far as i'm concerned but there is such a thing as the rule of law and just saying okay you're russian i'm gonna seize your assets i'm gonna i'm gonna seize your yacht now well what what the hell is that i mean Next, it's you. If if you don't see and understand this, next it's you. Here we are, and we're all ranting and raving against against the new world order and the powers that be. Um, the next step in all of this is just okay, Anne Barnhart. Uh, you you don't get to have a bank account anymore, anywhere. N no more no more dollars for you. Well, it's it's a matter of time. I mean, I've known this. I've known that this is all coming for years and years and years. And frankly, I'm shocked that I've made it this long. But um, that that's where all of this is going. Um, and again, nobody's talking about it. It's just this this hive mind. Uh, you know, to a matter of just a few weeks ago, all of these people were, you know peace at all costs, you know, di total disarmament, da, da, da. And literally, it's it's exactly like when the corona scam started in in early March of, of 2020, how you could measure from the beginning of the propaganda to people being under house arrest, locked in their homes all over planet Earth, could be measured in a matter of hours. And it's exactly the same thing with this. Within a matter of hours, these kids, and uh, you know, let's focus on this younger generation of, of, of drones. They're basically just drones. They're stormtroopers. Um, and they've been made that way. And I make that point in my diabolical narcissism video that the education system has been set up and has been operating for decades in order to turn children into diabolical narcissist beta drones who will do anything anything that the alpha class psychopaths tell them. And so they went from being peace at all costs, total disarmament, to demanding global thermonuclear war within a matter of hours, hours. And so all of this stuff just keeps repeating and happening over and over again. And you know, what's the next thing? The next thing will be calling, you know, every everybody's been against the death penalty, against the death penalty, against the death penalty, I promise you. It will happen, and it will happen within a matter of hours that the people who have been clamoring against the death penalty for decades will start agitating for people like you, me, 
y'all out there in the listenership, they will be clamming for us to be publicly executed and there will be public executions. Well, the vast majority of people are on Facebook and it is now encouraged. Well, I don't know about encouraged, but it is Facebook has said they will not uh, uh, interact with, or basically it's allowed to call for violence yeah. against Russians and, and Russian troops. And, Give it, give it 15 minutes, and this is going to be violence against anybody who doesn't sufficiently support the party line right now against the yep. Russians. So, hey, yep. Super Nerd didn't clamor loudly enough that uh, we need to be supporting Ukraine. You can call for violence against him. Yep, absolutely. But we still want him to work for us for some reason. Mm, weird. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, got a, I got an email from a, from a recruiter from Meta. And, from and Meta, yeah, that's that actually is, is pretty meaningless because uh, if you're a programmer and you're on LinkedIn, you get five or six, you know, inquiries. Hey, do you want to come work for us every single day? So it's it's pretty meaningless. But mm-hmm. I I did uh, kind of chuckle at that one and sent a. Uh, Your direct. response was was quite uh, <laughs> quite salty, my friend. I was I wasn't, proud of wasn't you. quite salty. It was just direct. I was like, no, I'd rather starve to death than work than work for you guys. So. Oh yeah, you said you said I'd rather starve to death. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> well now, done. Yeah, you know, fortunately, if it, it probably will never come down to uh, the options of okay, you have to work at Facebook or you starve to death. I think there's enough other opportunities out there and a few that I could probably make on my own that that um, I I may have to adjust my diet somewhat, but I won't starve. Yeah. But with the I think most people in the United States are are a long, long way from starvation. So, (laughs) well, that gets into a whole diet discussion, and and uh, we need Nurse Claire on for that. But the the idea that even though a lot of people are are uh, obese, they actually are nutritionally starving for for a lot of thing, a lot of proper nutrients, and because they Mm -hmm. keep packing in processed foods and sugars and 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 that garbage, the body says, "No, I don't want this. I can't use it. Store it. Throw it in Mm -hmm. the warehouse." And the warehouse just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, we got a lot of feedback about um, about that episode. Um, one person in particular was especially apoplectic that we didn't mention um, the the seed oils as being horrible and bad and evil. And indeed, indeed, we'll we'll get to all of that. So, if you wanna if you wanna see the bad oils, well, just think about all of the oils that have been pushed on television commercials since you know the 1970s, basically. Um, corn oil, quote unquote, vegetable vegetable oil, rapeseed oil, canola oil. Those are all actually highly inflammatory. They're not good for you. And I I, I just so delight in this um what we should be using is uh, you know like beef tallow and um bacon grease chicken grease lard lard all the good stuff and isn't it isn't it ironic that mcdonald's was was pressured into not using lard or tallow excuse me tallow beef tallow um to uh cook their french fries in and back back when McDonald's was using beef tallow to cook their French fries, Americans weighed like on average fifty pounds less than they do now. Um, and McDonald's should have been, and it was right for them to use the beef tallow because they would contract, they would buy the cattle, they would buy the entire beastalope, grind the animal, and then there's all the tallow that's left over. Well, instead of just throwing that away, you use that 
you know, to make your French fries. Um, and you need a lot of it, you know, a, a big, a big deep fryer, anyone who's, if you have not deep fried something at, in, at home in a while, it's instructive because you need a lot of grease in order to deep fry something. And so, you know, they had this, they had this available to them, obviously, by virtue of the fact that they were purchasing all of this ground beef. And so, and anybody who's old enough to remember how good McDonald's French fries were, yeah, I mean, they're still good. And they probably put some sort of a crack or heroin derivative on it to make them to make them addictive and delicious the way they are now. It's called MSG. MSG. Yes, they put MSG on them. McDonald's French fries back in the day. And I don't know when they quit. We'd have to look at it up. I I think they quit in like the late mid to late 80s is when they quit using the tallow. McDonald's French fries when they were using tallow were just unreal, unbelievably, unbelievably delicious. And they're not that anymore. Believe it or not, young people, they used to be even better. So there you go. Well, if it comes down to Facebook or Starve, maybe I'll start up my own uh, restaurant and call it uh, Tallow and Lard. Absolutely. I think that would be that would be an excellent idea. Tallow, lard. Yeah, yeah. Tallow and lard. Because bacon grease is is lard. It it all goes into the same. Yeah. Oh, bacon grease is a separate you know classification. It's the gold standard up above. I, I wouldn't serve that to other people. I'd keep that for my my own diet. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? You know what is supposed to be the absolute best cooking grease is um, duck and goose. I have I made duck a while ago. It's been a while ago, and you know I kept every drop of that grease. Um, but the other, the one that's supposed to be even better than duck is goose and geese are extremely fatty and they produce a tremendous amount of grease when you, when you roast them in the oven, but you keep it. And then it's apparently I've never had it. I've never been able to source a goose or I just, I suppose I could source a goose, but I, I'd have to pay so much for it. And I've, I've never done it yet, but if you do it, keep every drop of that grease and it's supposed to be just heavenly heavenly to cook with so is the high fat content is that why the um that that uh specialty that's made from ground up goose livers or something is that what is the fat content what makes that so um special foie gras yeah that that's a liver that is the liver yes fatty delicious um goose or duck liver and it, it is, it is, foie gras is one of my favorite things. I always, whenever I have the opportunity to get it, and usually the context of that, I remember the first time I ever had foie gras, it was in San Francisco at the Harris Steakhouse on, I think it's on Leavenworth Street in San Francisco, kind of up by Golden Gate Park. And I had a filet mignon, this is, this is years ago when I was a commodity broker. I had a filet mignon steak with on the top of it was a medallion of of not pate de foie gras but an actual slice of a whole liver perfectly on top of the filet mignon and it was it was one of the best meals i've ever eaten in my life so now whenever i do get the chance and every once in a while you see it and you know you 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 count your nickels and dimes and say okay I'm gonna forego everything else and I'm I'm gonna get the foie gras if you've never tried it do try it but you know what I it's they have they outlawed it 
I think it has in a lot of places because it's considered cruel for the duck. And it didn't. Like the duck it's, cares. it's not. Okay, get on YouTube. Boy, this is a tangent. Get on YouTube, and there are videos of foie gras geese, and I think this is in France because France is the is the major producer of it. And the geese are all free range. They live the life of Riley. And then when it's time, when it's feeding time, here comes the farmer who walks up and the geese are just overjoyed. They come running, they form a line. They form an orderly single file line in front of the farmer who sits down on a little stool and he's got, he's got a, like a PVC pipe looking thing. And it's connected to a hopper that's filled with feed, this special whizzed up feed that these, that these geese get. And the geese, one by one, step up in front of the, the, the foie gras farmer. They open their mouths, they throw their head back, and the farmer puts this PVC pipe down their gullet, and he fills their stomach directly with this whizzed up feed that they get. The geese love this. I mean, these are the happiest domesticated animals on the planet. And they stand in line and they come running and they love the farmer and everybody's happy. And they, so they call it, they call it force feeding. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the least forceful thing you can imagine because the geese are just loving every second of it. And because they're given this very um, high, high calorie concentrated ration and their stomachs are filled that um, their livers become fatty and then the foie gras when they're when they're harvested the foie gras is just absolutely delicious and the liver's huge they yield a, a tremendously large liver which is good for everybody you know it's it's god bless the geese it's it's what they're for they exist to be eaten uh so yeah it's uh i have i have no qualms about eating foie gras whatsoever especially after i saw that video of the happy, happy, happy geese. So, I'm thinking Kobe beef with foie gras. You've got the combination of the two mm -hmm. happiest types of animals on, on the planet. Well, the Kobe beef, those animals are getting um, massages <laughs> from Japanese geishas while literally um, drinking drinking beer. They they feed them beer and they give them massages. And yes, if you've ever had Kobe beef, it's. Uh, I, 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 surprisingly, I never had it while I was a commodity broker and all that. It just, it hadn't made its way into the steakhouses yet. And I just never had the opportunity to have it. It's only within the past several years that I had it for the first time. And the place that I had it was in a Japanese restaurant. They had it. So in the, in the sushi bar, he had a, a block of this Kobe beef. And I mean, to look at it, you wouldn't even know it was beef because it has so much marbling. And so what they would do is they would make a, a sashimi, not a sashimi, but whatever the thing is where it's that, they make that nodule of rice and then they just lay a piece of the Kobe beef on top of it. And of course it's raw, but then what they do is they take a blowtorch and they take that blowtorch to it 
and it kind of warms it up and obviously it sanitizes the exterior surface, but it warms it up and it gets that fat softened up. And so when you eat it, when it's served to you, and you only get like two little pieces because it's it's so expensive, you, you get your two little pieces and you, you pick it up and you put it in your mouth and you bite through it and it's just, oh, it's like, it's like a, it's like butter, but beef together. It's just, oh, oh, it's amazing. Again, just in time for nuclear holocaust and the end of the world, if you get the chance to ever uh, have something like that, if you can go to a really high-end Japanese restaurant and they have that, it's it's worth it. Go ahead and jump all over that. It's and worth I'm, the I'm just laughing because we're right in the middle of Lent and we're talking about the finest oh, I know, food right? possibly well, That's probably why we're talking about it, because we're in the middle of Lent. <laughs> well... Yeah, chances are when, when things go sideways, uh, we're not going to have access to Kobe beef or even foie gras. So you're going to have to be no, getting ready no. for things. Um, one of the things that you mentioned, uh, obviously, we're, we're going through this ridiculous song and dance that we do twice a year of changing the clocks. And you, you'd made the comment that we need to learn how to live by the light. Yeah. And, and obviously in both senses of the word, but um, live by the light. Did you want to expand on that a little bit more? Well, yeah. I mean, as as what they're going to do is they're going to go after electricity and electricity use they want they want to make all energy just just so incredibly expensive that it it basically makes it impossible for you to live um as an independent human being and so electricity rates are going to go through the roof they're going to keep doing things to um reduce to reduce the supply of electricity so on and so forth we none of us listening to this have any any idea what it's like to live in a world where there is not um electric light and so i would say that especially as your electricity bills start going up one of the things that you need to do that you really need to focus on is to make sure that you're up and that you are utilizing sunlight while it's there you should be reading you should be getting up in the morning and reading you um you know assuming that you're not getting up and going to work obviously but um if you're at home and on the weekends you need to be utilizing that time when the sun is up to be working to be doing you know working in the kitchen without having to have all of the lights blazing and again, you really need to start thinking about this because Americans especially just basically have no concept of what it would even be like to even have to think about whether or not you turn the lights on. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a given, you know, of course you turn the lights on. Well, it's gonna get to the point where turning the lights on is gonna be something that makes you stop and wince and you need to be doing things and living in such a way it's just healthier when the sun's up you need to be up and in the winter time you know when it when it is dark um we all need to do things we all need to figure out ways to um either change our sleep schedules such that um we're going we're going to bed closer to when the sun goes down so conceivably that means that you start doing the biphasic sleep which we've talked about before where you go to bed once in the early evening you sleep for four hours you get up you putter around um in the night and then you go back to sleep for another three hours or so 
and then you're up with the sun. Um, but just get it, getting yourself used to utilizing the completely, totally free light that we have access to every day and not being dependent upon electricity so much. Again, Americans, our generation, we've never even thought about this, but we need to start thinking about it. That and start figuring out how to grow your own food. And if you're at the point where you're trying to figure it out, I don't know if it's too late yet, but um, this this is something we're we're we're, we're going to have a collapse of the of the of the dollar at some point. Uh, it's just a matter of when and what exactly the conditions would be. Uh, definitely the, the 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 trashing of the petrodollar and, and go, moving away from that to something else would be a reason for the dollar to collapse. And at that point. There's been rumors for a while about a central bank uh, digital currency. It'll be all blockchain based because you can track everyone to the nth degree at that point. And of course, the commercial banks as we know them will go away, according to this rumor. Your everyone's accounts will be on on or uh, on the file with or on file with the Fed. So if you want to be able to to receive or spend your Fed coins, you have to be in good graces with them. So that means Bitcoin's going to go up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, yeah, don't even Compa joke. <laughs> compared to what? No, Bitcoin. It would be so easy to shut that down, and there's already calls in in, in Congress right now with the the effect with with the officially speaking, it's because of of the Russian oligarchs and trying to exfiltrate their their rubles elsewhere by buying Bitcoin and, and sending it elsewhere. You got um, Elizabeth Warren, who probably has one two hundred twentieth of a chance to actually get any traction on this. I think it's one one thousand and twenty fourth of a chance. That's if what I'm I not meant mistaken. to say. That's what I meant yeah. to say. But I was distracting myself with uh, the the meme that Trump had 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 quoted uh, about she has one twenty twentieth of a chance of, of getting the nomination in twenty twenty. But uh, now the the point being, there are already calls for making Bitcoin illegal, and what that would really mean is all the off ramps from having Bitcoin and then transferring it to U.S. dollars or euros or rubles or whatever else. Uh, it's going to become universally illegal to transfer that to something to, to somebody else, and when you can't exchange that for cash, then nobody's going to want to take Bitcoin either. So, mm -hmm. in short, Bitcoin? No, not really. It. Please remember the Barnhart axiom: if you can't stand in front of something and defend it with an assault rifle, then you don't own it. You probably never did. And I think people are going to be learning lessons about this. I am. Um, I I don't think it's too late if you want to buy. I was talking to somebody just within the past week about buying what's what's characterized as junk silver, um, and that's what that's what I always had before I went to the van down by the river. Is I had I would buy junk silver from from Atmex, and by junk silver, what I mean is it's old U.S. Um, minted silver silver dollars. And they're like ninety percent. They're ninety percent silver. And well, it was so, it was all the coins. It was it was nickels, dimes, and quarters. Oh yeah. And they have a very peculiar ring to them. In fact, back when I was in college and I was a cashier or, or working in a retail place, I remember hearing a coin. I don't know if it was a quarter, but I remember having a very distinct ring to it. I was like that enough that it caught my attention. I picked it up. I was like, oh, that's a 1958 quarter or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't I don't remember if I. I don't think I, I, I took possession of it at that point because, first off, you can't when you're running a cashier or, or a cash station. But um, I would still have that, and I would know exactly where it is if I had it. But uh, yeah. no, they, yeah. they definitely have a, a discernible quality about them that uh, when, when you've got a silver coin, it's 90% silver, which is what it used to be. 
Although yep. wasn't there a period where it was fifty percent silver right before they yeah, take I mean, the silver it, out? Yeah, they they went down to fifty and then they went down to thirty. Um, so you know, Atmex and those and those uh, broker dealers, they all have this stuff. And you know, the the question came up: Well, what what about these? You know, like these commemorative coins and they're shiny and they have a koala bear on them. And they're like, no way. I wouldn't want that. There's no way I'd want that. Because if you buy some commemorative silver coin and it has a koala bear on it and, and you know, we get into a collapse situation and you're having to barter with that. If I look at something like that, I'd say that looks like some sort of a piece of junk souvenir from Disneyland or something. Whereas if you have old U.S. minted, what are they called, Morgan silver dollars or whatever, whatever they're called, and these things are tarnished and they've been in circulation. And you can look at them. They, they, it's, it's clear what it is. It's an old U.S. silver coin. Okay, if we're in a collapse situation and someone rolls in and has a bunch of these things, they look like money. They and you say, okay, yeah, I see what that is. Whereas, you know, the who who knows what the what the koala bear coin is, and is it, is that just silver plate? I mean, you don't have any idea. Whereas something, I know this is hard to believe, but the United States government used to actually have some credibility. So if you've got a coin that's minted in you know 1894, some Morgan silver dollar, which is kind of that's the era of of what we're talking about here. Um, you say, well, yeah, the, the United States of America was actually uh, minting real legitimate money back then. So I'm going to be all over that. That's the stuff that's going for the cheapest money on on these um, metal metal broker dealer websites like Atmex. That's what I'd go in for. I don't want anything to do with anything that's shiny or, you know, commemorative or anything like that. That's just silly. And so you need to look, what is the spot price of silver? What is the commodity price of silver? And the last I looked, it was like 25.50 per ounce. Okay, so then you have a, an idea, these coins are 90%, these old coins are 90% um, silver. So you can look at the price, do the math, and you know where you stand. There are people that are going on these, on these, uh, metals websites and they're paying more than double the spot price of commodity silver for a commemorative coin with a koala bear which someone like me would look at askance and be frankly kind of skeptical about it and um yeah gold gold is good too but the thing the thing about gold that you have to remember is that it's worth so much that if you have for example, a one ounce gold coin, well, that that right now today is worth over $2,000. Okay, so you have a one ounce gold coin, and you need, um, you need three meals and two gallons of water. But all you have is a one ounce gold coin. But you're starving to death and dying of thirst. So you need three meals worth of food and two gallons of water. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to pay, let's just say hypothetically today in today's prices, you're going to pay $2,200 for three meals and two gallons of water because you that's all you can do because your coinage is worth so much. And I mean, what are you going to do? Ask for change? There, there isn't going to be any change. No, you so fall back is, on the practice of cutting the coins up. This is the whole, the whole reference of two bits being a quarter. Mm -hmm. That, that goes back to the uh, French doubloons, and you cut them eight ways, so that you had an eighth of a of a coin that was gold, 
and and that's that's one thing. But I, I wanted to ask about you know your, your your comment there about the Morgan Silver Dollars. Obviously, at Anne's Emporium in, in the van by the river, she's going to recognize what what the junk silver is and value it appropriately. But everyone else bartering, do they know that? That's why I was thinking, wouldn't the, wouldn't one of the better uh, barter pieces be uh, something like silver Krugerrands or, or or minted silver uh, one ounce or half ounce coins? Because people can see right away, okay, that's got a government stamp on it. You got to be really elaborate, and it would cost you more time and effort to fake that than to have the real one. Well, the Morgan silver dollars are U.S. government issued. They're, it's it's United States money. It right, says, but they don't say one ounce of fine silver on them. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And plus, yeah. because it's also a commemorative 1800s, um, or would you say 1870s, 1850s, somewhere in that range, there's also mm-hmm. going to be a very high premium over the spot value of the silver in it because it is collectible, because you could probably say, hey, Abraham Lincoln might have held this quarter or this this dollar at one point in time. Uh, no, the, the, have you ever seen, have you ever seen, they sell them by the bags and they're... They're in, they're in quote unquote bad shape. They're not polished. It, it says they've been in heavy circulation. Um, I don't know where they where these coins have all been sitting for all this time, but somebody's had them just sitting in bags. And they're, I mean, imagine imagine a quarter a quarter today that was minted in let's say 1979 that you end up that ends up in your pocket and you look at that thing and it's worn and it's tarnished and it's not shiny and it's used. That's what we're talking about here. We're just talking about old, old American legit money that was used in the late 19th century. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't say 90, you know, it doesn't say 90% silver on it anywhere. But it's obvious that it's money, and it's obvious that it was made by the United States. The risk is is that people today don't understand that money actually used to be made out of precious metals, and they'll what? think they'll think it's made they'll think it's zinc, you know, like a like a like a quarter today. I think they're mostly made out of zinc. Um, and that that's my point entirely yeah. is is depending upon who you're going to barter with and that's why I qualified it if you're at Ann's Emporium by the river she's going to value that appropriately but any right. place else they're going to say get this copper nickel stuff out of my face not yeah. realizing what it is mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a mint stamped this is one ounce or half ounce of silver at 99.97% that may be less practical than buying a, a big pile of Morgans but at least at that point it says right on there assuming people can read at least most people in the United States, as bad as our education system is, they can still read that much for now. They can phonetically sound out words more or less. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Just watch your spot price and make sure that you're not just blowing your brains out on anything. Don't, don't be paying double the the spot commodity price of silver for anything you're getting, you're getting ripped, you know? Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I maybe maybe get some of the invest in some of the quote unquote junk silver, and then when the time comes, it'll be interesting to see um, how people react to it and how people are going to react to um, to silver and gold. Uh, gold is going to be easier because it's it's pretty easy to identify gold. It it doesn't tarnish. It's uh, gold is gold, but silver silver is a little bit trickier. Yeah, agreed. If you want to buy Bitcoin, go to AppMax. They make uh, one ounce silver rounds that has a Bitcoin logo on it, and it talks about cryptocurrency and all that, all that happy nonsense. That's about the only kind of Bitcoin that Anne's going to endorse, I suspect. 
I think you're right, because if they turn off the electricity and there isn't an internet anymore, why your little silver quote unquote Bitcoin is still going to be right there and you can stand in front of it with your auto semi-automatic weapon and physically defend it. So yes, it's yours and you own it. And in terms of possibly uh, adding precious metals to your mix, uh, pay off your debt too. That, that's yes, that's going to be yes. another thing in terms of having, you know, whatever government or whatever scheme is in place, having uh, having something over your head. Um, how about getting out of debt? And I, I know you've got a lot more to say about this. I, I'm, I'm working on getting there. I still have a, a mortgage to pay down at this point, but I'm getting there. Yeah, I mean, um, for years, people have been saying, well, well, I've got this got this retirement account and okay if you don't understand at this point that these retirement accounts that it's all it's all a joke um if you can get out of those things now and you can pay off for example a mortgage or whatever do it you okay god bless you good for you you've ridden this completely fake stock market bubble up you've you've got that equity capture it capture even if you have to take the, and you are, you're going to take a penalty on liquidating, prematurely liquidating these retirement accounts, and you're going to take a tax hit. Take it. Take it. The, the stock market bubble is completely illegitimate to start with, okay? It's completely fake. So you, you really don't have any room to complain. The priority is, and this is not going to solve all of your problems. You're not going to be completely untouchable, but what it will do is it will buy you time to be completely and totally free of debt and independent from any servitude to any bank. Now, are they eventually going to come after your ability to even have a deposit account? Yes, yes they are. But they're gonna come after you faster and they're gonna really, they're gonna have you by the, by the XYZs if, you, if you're in debt, if you have a mortgage or whatever it is. Um, so what it's doing is it's buying you time to get out of debt. Yes, do that. And another thing, when we're going to be on the run as, as things are happening and getting kinetic and uh, chastisements are, are happening, that's not going to be the time to say, I should have fixed my teeth and my eyes. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, if, you need, if you need false teeth, if you need dental implants, if you need anything like that, do it now. But the thing that I would say that's probably even more important and more urgent, if you are of any sort of an age where, um, you know, you have any eye involvement, get your eyes fixed, get your eyes fixed. You're not gonna. There's going to come a point when you're not going to be able to get glasses. Okay. And you can right now, pretty much anybody can go to their ophthalmologist can get can you can go in and you can say i want synthetic lenses what that's going to do for you is that you if you have cataracts already that'll obviously be eliminated because they take out your natural lens and what it also eliminates because of the way the technology is now this is super awesome is that you don't need reading glasses anymore the reason when the reason that you need reading glasses when you get older is because your natural lens naturally as you age hardens and when it hardens the muscles that are in your eye socket are not able to um, to smush it and that's a very technical term um, to smush it 
when you need to read some see something that's very very close up i have just started to experience this i can now tell that if i put if i put my missile when i'm at mass too close to my face i can't i can't read it i have to pull it back and that's only and that's going to get worse and worse and worse as time progresses because i still have my natural lenses um i have bioplastic implants that are laying on top of my natural lenses but i still have my natural lenses so um I wish one of the things that I wish I could do, and if I if I had the ability to do it, which I don't anymore, but if I had the ability to do it, I would be hightailing it to the eye doctors, and I would be saying I want full synthetic lens replacements, because then guys, it you you'll never have to worry about it again, and just stop and think about that. Think about if you are in a civil civilizational collapse situation. Um, you're a refugee, you're having to move, you're having to do all kinds of physically arduous things. And then imagine if your glasses break and now you're blind and there's no way to get any replacement glasses because grinding of lenses is just something that, that no longer exists and, and eye doctors is something that just no longer exists. That's the, kind, that's the kind of contingency level we're talking about here. If I were you and if I had money to do it, I would go get synthetic lenses right now. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, and, and if you don't break your glasses or lose them, then having them stolen probably is a very likely scenario because they're yeah. going to be rare and increasingly rare because people were, will lose yep. and break their glasses. And yep. even, even if it's not a, a proper match, if, so what? It's better than nothing for the people who steal it. Oh, oh, exactly. Exactly. It'll also be a way to, you know, for the enemy to neutralize people. If you've, if you've got a person and they're wearing glasses, if you're the enemy, the first thing you do is, is take everybody's glasses away that's wearing glasses. Okay. Now those people are handicapped, if not completely blinded. Um, so I thank God, no matter what happens, that I have my my bioplastic implant lenses that I got in 2007, and you know the only way you're taking those away from me is to gouge my eyes out. Um, but um, if if I had my druthers, yes, absolutely, in order to eliminate cataracts and to eliminate any sort of reading glasses necessity, and to just get get myself all the way back up to 2010 vision and be ready to go for the rest of my life easily for the rest of my life i'd go do that i'd go do it right now and eventually i can tell you this for from experience uh as your eyes start getting a little harder with with for, for reading glasses you do run out of arm length to hold your missile far enough away to be able to focus on it oh boy and even wow. if, and even if you could ha do it at longer lengths you can't see the the text anymore yeah yeah it, it gets to a point, uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm sure it's going to get to a point where I'm going to have to have some sort of spectacles again. Hopefully I'm, I'm years out from that, but goodness. And then, you know, what about, what about, you know, sharpshooting and, and if you're in a situation where you do need to be, you know, shooting a rifle and, and through a scope or even, or even through metal sights, you know, if you can't see, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Okay. I mean, if, if it's something that you can do, do it now while you still can. Um, 
And I don't know, it, 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 the window might be closing, the window might be closing faster than you can, you can actually initiate this process and get it done. Um, it looks like they've just started today that orders came down over the weekend that they're to start telling everybody that the cases are going through the roof and we're having a second, we're having another wave of this. Um, it won't surprise me if they try to put the world back into, or at least the post-Christian West back into some sort of a lockdown before Easter. So at that point, again, all of your elective medical procedures are going to be shut down. So. And we're going to be wanting to shut down all of our elected representatives as well because they're not exactly representing us, which, again, to they mention this. They haven't been for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. It gets, it gets yeah. back to another another aspect of, of this uh, uh, book of prophecies before the chastisement, that the global war that breaks out is not going to be Germany and Russia attacking everybody. It's going to be a global civil war for the most part. Yeah. And it's that that's why there's not a whole lot of references in, in, in the um, – uh, in, in the prophecies about who's ex who's exactly starting this, it's just going to all start at the same time, more or yeah. less. It's going to be a civil war in, in Ukraine. It's going to be a civil war in Russia. It's going to be especially bloody. It's supposed to be in, in um, Italy, France, and Spain. Um, mm -hmm. The United States, do we need to explain why there's going to be a civil war here? And, it, and when when uh, Europe is sufficiently weakened and distracted by fighting with it, with each other, that's when the Muslim hordes are going to come Muslims are going to roll in, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely, yep. And I think when, if... The American Civil War gets to a sufficient point. Either the the Red Chinese will either be invited by the idiots on the Pacific Coast, or the the Red Chinese will just move on it. Um, you know that I I can I can totally see the Chinese taking Taiwan and then just starting to systematically move across the Pacific. You know, take Guam, take Hawaii. And then the next thing you know, there they are on, you know, it's Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, Portland. And don't forget Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver. And Vancouver, absolutely. Yep. You could say in a certain sense, they've already got forward operating bases here. Well, sure. They've been colonizing for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, much okay. to my surprise, we're actually through all the bullet points that I had. Because <laughs> really? usually, wow. usually when I have all the bullet points laid out, we get through maybe one or two of them, and then I say, "Okay, we got enough here for three more shows." But uh, we're also at eighty-five minutes, so that kind of works. With, with with may I add an entire digression about foie gras? So man, we're we're just hyper efficient tonight. Oh, it, that was a very tasty digression. Yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> all right, should I do the wrap up? I think you should. Yes, sir. Alrighty. The email address for the podcast where you can send feedback, comments, suggestions, or other fine delicacies of food that we skipped here. Uh, <laughs> the email address is podcast at barnhart.biz. Anne expresses her profound gratitude to her benefactors, and there is at least one mass who's, that is said every single day for all the benefactors, plus one traditional Catholic requiem mass for everybody who died in the previous week. Please pray for these priests. As much as any other evil is going on in the world, Faithful priests have got a triple target on their head. Satan is devoting legions to them. If he can't make them uh, lose their, their vocation, then he's simply going to throw a red tape around them uh, or do whatever is necessary to minimize their effect. And a good priest will take tens of thousands of souls with them, give them the chance. So yeah. definitely pray for the priest. And uh, pray to St. Tiny Princess. Uh, she's our patron here. Don't forget uh, or and don't hesitate to invoke her. Mm -hmm. Um 
she definitely listens and, and helps. <laughs> yeah. I can I can attest to that, and I've I've heard some feedback from others that definitely uh, they no no sooner than they remember to invoke her, it's like oh okay yeah she helped out right away. She was just waiting for you to ask. You know she's yep. she's she's a woman, so just she's, yeah, she's, she's waiting for you to ask. <laughs> she's been in the beatific vision for what a little over three years now, right? Yes. December of yes. eighteen. So yep. Yeah, so she's she's settled into the beatific vision. You know, she's found her strides. <laughs> Although I've I've heard it said that uh, for saints when they get to heaven, it doesn't matter how long you've been there; it always feels like you just got there. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. Make sure you make it and stay confessed, folks. I also want to reiterate, and I think this is always present now in the show notes in red, but it's especially timely this week. Listen, folks, if you're if you're set up with a recurring donation to me through like continue to give or whatever, I mean, it would be continue to give if you're on a recurring donation to me because that's my only platform that I use. Um, if for any reason, and obviously maybe, you know, it now costing $100 to fill up your gas tank, if you need to stop donations to me, if you need to reduce donations to me, if you need to pause donations to me, anything like that, do it. Don't hesitate. Don't think that I'm going to be mad or anything like that. It's in fact, it's it's exactly the opposite. I think I had two pauses come through um, this past week on continue to give. And my assumption is that this is a person who needs that, you know, $10 a month, whatever. Um, that's what a couple of gallons of gas. Okay that's you you need to be financially responsible and giving money to the likes of me is at or near the bottom of your list of financial priorities seriously when you need to start tightening the belt and saving money and cutting quarters um if you're donating to me that should be like the top thing at the list is to either pause, cancel, reduce any donations that are coming to me. So please don't forget that. And it's really easy to do. You just go to continue to give and their interface is really nice. And if you have any difficulties, why just shoot me an email and, and I can probably try to help you through it. That's a perfect segue into me pointing out the donation segment for the podcast here. Okay, yes, <laughs> I, I would, the only thing I would modify from what you said is if you're having trouble and is like the last person you should donate to. No, don't, Actually, Anne, before donating to the podcast here, because unlike Anne, you live on, on the donations and you can you can live quite efficiently on, on small amounts. I actually don't need the, the revenue for this to, to continue living. Yes, all, but all you take going, Super Mommy out for fun dates with that money. So that, that's that's that is, pretty important. Okay? That, that, is, that is true. Um, it's, it's, it's <laughs> as we said before, it, it's um, important, but not not uh, essential. Right. Or how did we word that? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get the stink eye about from that one uh, later. But uh, <laughs> no, actually, in my in my notes here about um, reiterating that the Barnhart podcast is a value for value podcast, um, and you just listen to an hour and a half of us. I had some other spiel on here, but I also had written for Lent that uh, I specifically wanted to ask you to consider rather than donating to the podcast, consider giving alms. Uh, especially don't forget the poor souls in purgatory. Um, mm -hmm. They will never forget the charity that, that you give to them, especially if you can have masses said for them. Or if you want to do something else, there's always corporal works of mercy, like supporting the Sister Servants of Mary. Um, that's always a worthy uh, cause as well. But I do want to thank a couple of donors who sent in some things since the last time we had a podcast, which was almost a month now. Um, Rick, who says, I didn't hear my name in the last couple of podcasts, so I guess that's a good reminder to donate. 
Uh, Lisa sends a contribution for our efforts and says, I wish you and Anne would stop fighting so there'd be more podcasts. <laughs> like cats and dogs we are. Cats and dogs. Like that. <laughs> uh, she also says, I really enjoy the St. Luke's Galleries episodes. I hope he makes more. <laughs> no pressure, dude. <laughs> no pressure, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anonymous M, I don't know how else to refer to you because... I, I, there really wasn't much to go on, but I, I'll call you Anonymous M, who says, please continue to speak the truth while you can, at least before they shut us all down. Mm. And then also thank you to Stephen and Stephen, two different Stevens. Um, v or PH? Both PHs. Okay, all right. Classic spelled, spelling. Spelled correctly, yes. Yes. I think. <laughs> I'll, I'll catch grief from people who, who have a, oh dear. the VEN on there, but <laughs> no. It, anyway, yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, it's up to you for Matthew 1720 now. All right. Our fourfold intention. Keep it up, folks. Keep it up. Things are happening. Um, pray every day. Fast twice a week if you can. That uh, Bergoglio be publicly acknowledged as an anti-pope and the whole anti-papacy be nullified. That Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly acknowledged as having been the one and only living pope since April of 2005. That Bergoglio repent revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision, and that Pope Benedict Ratzinger likewise repent of anything that he might need to repent of, that he die in the state of grace in the fullness of time, and someday achieve the beatific vision, nothing less will do. Our Lady of Copacabana, slayer of the Pachamama demon, pray for us. Amen. Pray for us. And also, um, don't forget the Feast of St. Joseph. I mentioned uh, before we started recording that I wanted to talk about St. Joseph, but I didn't really have structured notes about this. Uh, his feast is coming up this Saturday, I believe. It's the, the Yes, the 19th, the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most powerful patrons you could ever invoke. Uh, Terror of demons, yes. Patron of the Universal Church. I mean, he's huge. He's just he's just absolutely huge. He's he's one of the few Universal patrons. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter uh, whether 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 you're a man or a woman, and there are only those two choices. Um, yes, <laughs> well it doesn't said. matter doesn't matter your state in life. Uh, Saint Joseph is always uh, a, a patron, especially if you're a father of a family, especially if you have, have to work and, and make make a living on, on your own. Uh, he's also a, a more direct patron. Um, although he never used power tools, I was, I was going to invoke him in the context of doing more, more, uh, DIY stuff around the house, but St. Justin never used power tools. So the, the whole discussion of Milwaukee versus, uh, brand, other brands would be totally lost on him. It's like, just, just use your arms. Go. <laughs> but no, it's Saint- He's in the beatific vision. Nothing is lost on him. So yep. I think you can talk to St. Joseph about Milwaukee versus craftsman or whatever. Oh, that's no competition. They're both red, but oh. that's no competition. <laughs> Does I'm, does that I'm, even does Craftsman even still exist? Because that's the Sears brand, right? They were bought by Stanley Black and Decker. Ah, okay, interesting. So, what do they have? Standalone Craftsman stores now? No, it's sold in places like uh, Lowe's and and Home Depot. Ah, this is okay. this is a topic I could go on for quite a while because I researched the heck out of it before I finally realized what difference does it make unless unless you are making your living with these tools. As long as it goes roundy roundy when you pull the the trigger and with enough force to do the job, it doesn't really matter what brand it is. Uh, I don't know. I think Norm Abram would probably have a thing or two to say to you about that. But we but we should save that because we were going to do a show about this because Dr. Beep wanted it on that conversation, I'm pretty sure, too. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, then we'll have to stop it here. And until next time, I'm Super Nerd. And I'm Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless.
we endorse this. We absolutely endorse this. 